Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you so much for joining the show today. And I have a very, very special guest that I'm excited about. And her name is Emily Osment. And she's a published author and bilingual international communicator for 15 years. And she has all kinds of experience working with the media. And she's also supported international media strategies in over 100 countries. And she is currently the VP of Communications at Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America, communicating and not and fighting for the human right to life. So previously, she served as a senior manager and humanitarian with American Red Cross National Headquarters, and she has also deployed nationally and internationally as a content creator, providing all kinds of ground news and information. So she's a published author as well. And she's been on CNN, Fox, USA Today, Real Clear Politics. I mean, I think, Emily, we're, we're going to have this take over the show. Oh, Cynthia, <laughs> thank you so much. That is such a warm welcome. Well, I'm and, so um, glad to have you. I'm so glad to be here, too. Thank you. And you're right. You know, I, I have had the amazing privilege to, to serve as a global humanitarian, and now I'm in the human, um, human rights fight for life. Yes, yes. Which is so, uh, you know, I don't think any of us ever really even dreamed that it could go this far. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, on both on both ways, right? You yes. know, yes. I think about the pro life movement um, and the people who came before me mm-hmm. that fought for this. I mean, fifty years. Yes, you know, yes. to get Roe um, overturned and to really take the Supreme Court's thumb off the scales of life and allow the people to be able to have their voices heard, something that we just don't even understand, and we're starting to really understand it, is that the war was not won when Roe was overturned. It was a humongous victory, no doubt, humongous victory, but it simply allowed pro-lifers to be able to have a seat at the table to even have a voice or even be allowed in the race um, against the pro-abortion side. So now the fight has just begun um, in, in this new era, this new post-Roe era. And my gosh, over the last year and a half since the Dobbs decision, 
you'll never hear this from mainstream media or the corporate media, but I'm so glad that we have shows like yours where we can talk about this. There have been 25 states, half the country, that have put pro-life protections in place uh, for children and then hundreds of millions of dollars for moms, two-thirds wow. moms, wow. either through pregnancy resource centers or direct to them financial and physical resources. That's amazing. Yes. I, I, it's it, And it's amazing that nobody knows about it. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. I you know, I can tell you, yes. I, I work in media. I can tell you, I talk to all of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're always calling, you know, right. uh, all, all of the top tiers. And I tell every single one of them about this. Ask me how many of them will talk about it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hardly none of the none of the mainstream. It's it's not in their bias, it's not in their interest and they don't want people to know about it. You know, it really kind of is is a great way to understand evil. That evil is hmm. so scary, it just shuts everyone down. Yeah, I mean, really, we are in an unprecedented mm-hmm. era. You know, I grew up I'm a millennial, an elder millennial, as I say. I'm on the (laughs) upper end, but I grew up um, in the 90s, and I remember, you know, the the pro-abortion side, but they they wouldn't have called themselves that at that time. They called themselves the pro-choice side, and their banner was abortion should be safe, legal, and rare, and they are not something to be applauded. They're not something to be shouted or embraced, but sometimes, unfortunately, they happen. Right. I'm here to tell you that is not where we are today. Well, and see, if, that, if that's where we were, we wouldn't be having this show. Mm. You know, I'm not saying that yeah. it's okay, but it's like at least right. there, there's some kind of humanity involved, and now there is not. You're right. There is, what we're seeing is the decision, mm-hmm. I guess the blatant um, the blatant decision to now say no limits, no restrictions. And this was not just because of the overturning of Roe. I've got to tell you, that did light a fire, and we have seen that fire on the other side. But this has been bubbling for years. I've seen it in the media, through the literature from the abortion activists. It is simply, you cannot and you will not tell me that I have to have any limits on abortion. That's what they say. And this is why, if you listen carefully, you will not hear a single Democratic senator, certainly not the Biden administration, or anyone that I'm finding that will list one single week in which they would limit abortion. You know, it's it's such um, a goal for the enemy to really cause people to, to fear everything and to not stand up for what they know is true and what they know is right. And it is even more difficult than it's ever been to really be a proponent of truth. Instead, we're just trying to kind of work around this stuff as ugly and dirty as it is and pretend like it's not happening because nobody knows what to do about it to begin with. It's gone so far. Yeah, I, I have a few things to say to that point. Good. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think one of the most important things is the other side the abortion activists, and unfortunately, entirely the Democratic Party um, today, they're relying on pro-lifers to just 
you know, be complacent. Yes, yes. To not be activated in our voices and in our votes. They they are relying on us to say, okay, Rose overturned. Uh, the fight is done. We don't have to do anything. No, no, no. It's just beginning. It is a, We are now finally allowed to be able to affect legislation, to serve moms with, with funding, like all of these new things. This is a new era, and we have to fight back. Um, and we have to get educated, and we have to you know, activate our voices. Like I said, this is just a new era in which there is a no limit, no restrictions, abortion on. They say it's a right and a demand that they should have, and they will not list a single time in which the child and the womb should be protected. I know that's hard to believe, but that is absolutely where, where they are. It's what, it's what prompted me to take this job. Right, right. I, I stood outside the Supreme Court after the Dobbs decision, and I, just as an observer, right. and I saw a lot of protesters, pro-abortion protesters, and I was looking to see, you know, what are they fighting for? Like, what are they asking for? I did not see a single sign, not one sign, that said, you know, first trimester abortions only or, or uh, safe, legal, rare. The signs read abortion on demand, you know, uh, bodily autonomy, uh, all of the things that are all trimester abortions. And then I, there was a woman, and she was in her third trimester pregnant, painted on her stomach. It said, this is not a human. Oh, my gosh. If that's not a metaphor oh for exactly gosh. what they are trying to do, I don't know what is. I, I don't even know what to say to that. That is so egregious. I don't even, wow. How, how did we become so deluded? I don't, I don't, I just don't understand it. And I, I wonder too if, well, not wonder, I know that they're, I know that the Democratic Party has been captured by their loudest voices on, on, on many issues. We know that, you know, not just this issue, but this is, this is certainly something that has pushed them to, you know, the extreme. Right, and that's right. where they are. And that's why we are telling candidates, we say, look, you have got to be specific and clear on the limits that you support on abortion. And brave. The, the, and brave. Yeah. And brave. Yes. And brave. <laughs> the heartburn for the pro-life movement is that we've had 50 years of Roe. Mm. So that means generations have grown up, you know, right. in, this, in this abortion-accepting culture of death. That's just a fact. So we have a, a lot of work ahead of us. Um, but the silver lining that I see is that even after 50 years of Roe v. Wade that allowed for late-term abortion, we have the majority, 7 in 10 Americans, all these polls point to it, NPR, Marist, Harvard-Harris, you keep looking, all of the polls from this year, and it shows that Americans reject the terms of late-term abortion, of even second and third trimester abortions. It shows that they are uncomfortable with it, they view it as brutal, and they do not want abortions after the first trimester. That is wildly out yes, of step yes. with the other side. Yes. Well, we're coming up to a break. So I'm so glad to have you on the show, and I'm really enjoying talking with you about this because I really think that if people could get just more information, but more than that, really understanding how deep and how dark this really is. And that we can, mm -hmm. we can pretend to not know it's not there. We can do that. 
But I think at some point we're going to have to rise up as adults, as Christians, as decent people, and be able to say enough is enough. This, is, this, this yeah. isn't even necessary, right? I mean, there are so many other ways to take care of something than late-term well, Cynthia, abortion. That's exactly, that's exactly what I did. You know, I, I know it's not comfortable for us to engage in these kind of conversations, but I just couldn't abide. I could yes, not yes. sit back and let this happen because I see it with millennial women my age. No limits. It's just like, what are we doing here? We yes, can't have that. yes. And what are we teaching people all over the world? So we have about 30 seconds before we have to go to a break. So I'm so grateful that you are doing this and that God has placed this upon you and that you've picked it up because a lot of people wouldn't do this. And so we are grateful, so grateful for you. Thank you, Cynthia. Well, join us in the next segment as we continue to talk with Emily Osment about what is really going on in Washington and what is happening to the pro-life movement. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining today. And if you're just tuning in, you can always go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and listen to the show in its entirety or to any of your favorite podcast servers. So we have a wonderful, amazing woman on today. Her name is Emily Osment, and she has been so amazing when it comes to the pro-life movement and being able to really activate people and understand what's really going on with the other side. And I'm still stunned, Emily. (laughs) I mean, I just think... I think people are decent, and I'm thinking, what has happened? This is like satanic. Well, Cynthia, I think something to keep in mind is, you know, like I said earlier, seven in ten Americans reject this extreme craziness that we're seeing. But like a lot of things today, it's the loudest voices that are really running the show. And the the most, and the most money. And the most, you're right, and the most money. And you just have to follow the money. It's that simple. That is the reason, like we were talking about earlier, that we can say fully that the Democratic Party will not list a single limit. And when I look at why, because that's my question, why won't they say a single boundary that they would put on abortion today? I have to conclude that a lot of it has to do with following the money. That is Planned Parenthood. They had an annual report that came out said they made $1.97 billion with a B on their last annual report, and they are multi-million dollar donors to Democrats. So is NARAL, so is Emily List. I mean, gosh, we saw the most blatant pay-to-play system with Gavin Newsom last week when he appointed, you know, wasn't elected, appointed LaFonza Butler. She's the president of Emily's List, which is a, a large abortion lobby. I mean, he just put her right in without, you know, any any pretense, skipped over three other people, candidates who reside in California in favor of uh, D.C., Maryland, resident for oh, California gosh. senator. Oh my goodness. It's like it's like we're going to do it and ask for forgiveness later. <clears throat> so we're just right. going to do it and everybody's going to have to get used to it. But you made a good point earlier, Cynthia. I think the thing is we can't put our heads in the sand. That's right. That's what I'm I'm discovering is a lot of this has to do with just not knowing mm-hmm. what's happening out there and and I have to say the other side is relying on the fact that we will we will um, not know or we won't educate ourselves. And it's hard to do because almost entirely the media will not talk about this. And they certainly won't give you the facts that you need 
So I'm on the ground uh, in Washington, D.C., and I can tell you the stuff that we are seeing right now from the Democrat Party and the abortion lobby, it's frightening. And that's why we have got to activate. They are right now. That's that's what we need to do when it comes to bravery, you know, is that this stuff is so ugly and so treacherous. It's frightening and scary. And so we don't want to even touch it or have anything to do with it because it's too frightening. That's exactly right, Cynthia. I mean, we saw with recent interviews, I mean, gosh, Joe Biden, both of his press secretaries, they refused when they were pressed to ask what limits he would support. They refused to answer and in fact said, you know, I'm not going to detail his opinion on that, quote, unquote. And then we had Vice President Kamala Harris. She was on Meet the Nation and she was asked, you know, what is it you believe? What week of pregnancy should abortion be cut off at? And then she said, we need to restore the protections of Roe v. Wade. And so the anchor or the reporter comes back and asks, does that mean these particular weeks? And she recoiled. If you watch that wow. video, she said, no, 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 no. She does not want to talk about weeks. She does not want to talk about limits. She wants to just speak in, in platitudes. And I'll tell you why. Because they have proposed legislation three times now, and they're getting ready to propose it again, is my understanding, the women's so-called Women's Health Protection Act. That a lie. Act is federal legislation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we call it, in pro-life movement, we call it the abortion on demand act because that's what right. it would do. exactly. It would take away all pro-life protections across the states. It would take away parental consent and notification on abortion. It would take away 24-hour waiting periods where a woman has, you know, has to consider and sit and think about this for 24 hours. It would take away mandatory ultrasounds so she can see, you know, a window yes, into the womb. Yes. And it would take away conscience laws. So if there is a doctor for, you know, faith or moral or ethical reasons does not want to perform this or mm-hmm. does not want to do this, they would be compelled. Yes. He could lose his job if he won't do it. Right, and, exactly. And see, you and you so, know, yeah. the, the worst thing about this, I talk to people, I say, do you understand, have you ever gone to a veterinarian that has to put an animal down? And the things they do to make sure it's perfectly okay in its dying process, we will do this for animals. You can get in so much trouble. All, all people that have cows and horses and all kinds of, they know. They can get in big trouble if they don't put an animal down well. And here we are. Well, Humans, babies. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. Americans are incredibly compassionate. Yes, their pets. Yes. I read a stat yesterday. Forbes said Americans spend one hundred and thirty-six point eight billion dollars <laughs> in twenty twenty-one on their pets. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, we, so you know, I told you, for, I, for I told vulnerable exactly. Yes. I told you about our our little cat. Okay, it's like we would do anything hmm. for this little creature because this creature depends on us. This creature cannot live without us, right? And so it's, right. it's in the home. It has to depend on us completely. And I want to say to people, that's what babies are and as well. Toddlers, little teens, this is what they are as well. Mm-hmm. They're depending. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I, another thing that I really want to point out okay. is that the United States is an outlier, This is not normal around the world. And we don't realize that America is one of seven countries in the world that allows for abortion past five months. You know, I did not know that. That's crazy. That's crazy that this is not as usual as everyone wants to think it is. Exactly. And and, and also, 
that group that we're in is not a good group. We're alongside human rights abusers like China and North Korea. And something your audience uh, might not know about me, I actually grew up over there. I grew up in Taiwan, so I had a front row view of China. And I really saw um, and heard what it was like for a country to embrace abortion fully. And that means things that are just awful. Atrocious. I mean, you have sex-selective abortions where girls are are targeted for abortion. At one point, they had to restrict and and outlaw ultrasounds just so they wouldn't target girls for abortion. It was awful. Oh, my goodness. Well, we are coming up to another break, and um, I'm just really grateful to have you. Really grateful that God sent you my way. I really am, because we need people like you, and we need people that have the courage and the ability to activate And I just am so appreciative of you. Thank you so much, Cynthia. And I just have to say, you know, anyone can muster this courage. It's just one step, one step. Keep going. That's right. It's it's kind (laughs) of like, you know, on a diving board. Just jump off. Right. (laughs) Well, thank you. Now, we have one more segment with you that is kind of a long segment, so I'm glad for that. And um, Me too. I, maybe we have two. Do we have two segments? Oh, we have two more segments. Great. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, so the the uh, the air is going to start filling up with commercials. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad so much that you are here. And so, if you are listening now, this is Emily Osment, and she is really doing a great job in Washington for us. And I want her to know that she has prayer warriors that are praying for her relentlessly. So join us in the, in the last segment as we talk with Emily. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and truly appreciate um, all the, the, the things you do online about the show and telling your friends about the show. I really, truly appreciate it. And I have a great person today that I have just recently met that I'm so glad to know. And her name is Emily Osment, and she is a published author. She's bilingual. She's international communicator, 13 years of experience working with the media. And what she's doing now is really working on the whole abortion rights and where this is going in our country. And this is pretty frightening. So I have to tell you, and I will be honest with you, I was hesitant about doing this show, Emily. (laughs) I really was. Because it's so yucky and sad and brutal. You know, I want to be one of those people that maybe puts their head in the sand. And I know that's not right. And so I don't. But that's what I want to do. Yeah, Cynthia, I I understand. I I really do. I mean, this is not an easy topic to engage with, um, you know, just to talk to people about. But that is what I'm doing. That's actually the impetus for why I got into this was because I was so disturbed, frankly, and shocked at where where the Democratic Party has gone, where um, abortion activists are on this, and where a lot of women that are my age um, are on this, and it's a no limits, no restrictions, abortions at all trimesters up to, up to the ninth month, and that's what they're pushing. And I just can't believe that that's where we are right now. But I am trying to sound the alarm to get people to realize: look, we have 
got to activate our voices because we do not want to be a country that allows all trimester abortions and that becomes just this abortion haven. And like I said earlier, we are only one of seven countries that has abortion past five months. I know the other side wants to make you think that it's normal it's so and prevalent, it's okay yeah. and that it should be embraced, yeah. but that no, it's not at all. This this is a, it's just absurd. It it tells you that evil is really true and it is really out there, and we like to <clears throat> excuse me put our head in the sand, you know, and pretend like it's not that evil. But this kind of stuff, if we don't really let people know about this and have people that are adult enough to say this is wrong, and we need right. to say that it's wrong, and this and is Cynthia, not saying that. Thing, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say. For me, this is also something that I experienced firsthand. And so, yes, I, I am fighting for you know, children in the womb, but I'm also fighting for the mothers yes. who have been severely underserved. They're painted in a light that, oh, you know, abortion is, is the great fix for them. It's the thing that they need. That is so, that couldn't be further from the truth. Yes. Number one, the pills or surgery that are peddled on women for abortion it does not fix the core issues. The pregnancy is not the problem. It's the, the issues around her that led her to be unsupported yes. or feel that yes. that was what she had to do. I myself had two unplanned pregnancies by 22. One of wow. the two of those, the father did try to push me into abortion, and I, I stood firm. I said no. And then for my, for my first one, um, I had an open adoption. Hmm. And I am so thankful that I chose life for both of my children but at that time, for both of those, I was in such a vulnerable position. Yes. And I yes. can only imagine how other women are when they are just at the lowest of the low and scared, just scared. And then they're being told, this will fix everything. You've just got to do this. You know, you don't have much time. Just just do this. Take this pill. Or t- get this surgery. Well, and it's also wanting to tell women that, you know, you don't want your life, you know, disturbed or you don't want to have to, like, explain to people why you might be gone for a little bit. You know, so it's so disgusting in the way that it is painted as something that is just such a good solution. And I have to say, yet again, they're a business. Yes. It is an yes. industry. And they make millions, billions. Well, in the case of Planned Parenthood, billions. Right. So right. there is an incentive here. This isn't, you know, this isn't like they're fighting on the moral ground here. No, they are making money hand over fist here. It's It's madness. It's madness. And it's, it's so difficult to hear that nobody wants to talk about it. And that's why I'm so glad that you do and that you really mm-hmm. talk to people about what's really going on and not sugarcoat it. You know, and, and we no, as Christians, no. we really should be getting behind this and saying we will not stand for this. How can we stand right. for this? Right. And, and even if, you know, just looking away and pretending like it's not happening. That, that in and of itself is something we're going to have to talk to God about. And this, sh- this show I'm doing with you and when I talked yesterday with you was very convicting because, you know, I am very against abortion, absolutely. But my tendency would be, you know, to just say, well, it's happening. I don't know what to do about it. I'll pray for them. But this is where we need to really be saying we need to have a voice that says this is not okay. This is not okay in yeah. any way, shape, or form. We don't even do this to animals, really. 
Yeah, Cynthia, you're right. I mean, the other side wants to make you believe that there is no such thing as coerced abortion um, or abortion survivors, you know, babies who are born after. Anything that is inconvenient to their narrative, they say it doesn't exist. And I'm here to tell you that women with unplanned pregnancies are so vulnerable. They want support. They want help. And studies show that post-abortive women fight that they would have kept their baby had they had emotional financial support. Well, we're coming into the last segment, so thank you. And make sure that you stay with us. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me today, and I have a very special guest, and I really encourage you to let people know about this particular show. It is super, super very important to our own lives and our, own, and our nation and just being the people that we are. We have to really take in what is going on in our country that we probably want to ignore. So we have Emily uh, um, Osment, and she is a published author. She's bilingual. She's an international communicator. And she is the Vice President of Communications at the Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America, communicating and fighting for the human right to life. And so she's had so many good things that she has told us about. And I do have to tell you, it's uncomfortable as well. So, so, so Emily, thank you for being here today. Yeah, Cynthia, thank you so much for having me on. I've just really got to say a big thanks to you because there are so many others who ignore this topic or it's just hard to you know hear or engage in and not only are you engaging but you're you're also talking it through with me and you know allowing me to show some of the hard truths that are happening on the ground that are just really unsettling about the other side and what they're putting in legislation what they're trying to push women into and it's just such an important conversation to have yes yes so this is our last segment what do you think you want to really hone in on well, I want to say one thing that I think really in this post-row landscape separates us from maybe some of the generations earlier and then talk about some ways that people can engage. But okay. something I've really realized is, you know, the pro-life movement has done an amazing job of talking and, and getting people to understand about how we have to care for the child in the womb. And I think now more than ever, they're doing a great job of coming up and saying, we also have to serve moms to save babies. But one of the things that I have noticed in today's generation um, with millennials and Gen Z, and and you know this, Cynthia, I'm sure, is that the data that we're seeing shows that this generation, particularly Gen Z, are just some of the most depressed, isolated, and scared. Yes, yes. They don't know how how to do relationship anymore. Right. They don't even know how to interact with people. And so really, one of the things that we have to think about is, not only are we asking them to care about their child, but we've got to get them to care about themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. That really started kind of in the 90s, you know, when you think about trends. And one of the trends mm-hmm. in the 90s was bedhead, your pants down to your knees, and too much cologne. <laughs> and so I thought, where are, where are the parents? What is going on? You know, every generation has its things, you know, the 50s, the 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. you know, 80s. Nobody can compare with the 80s, right? And it's like we got to the 90s and these poor kids, it's like this is what you're known for. What happened? What's happening to our society in this way? And so when we push this and get people to really open their hearts to recognize that these are little human babies that God has created and was happy that he did. He was happy that he created that baby. 
And we, if we look at it correctly, wow, what a gift that he lets us be in on that process instead of thinking, turning it into something evil and morose. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, too, just really making sure that we tell that mother yes. of an unplanned pregnancy, look, we're coming alongside you. We want to support you. We want to help you. Because oftentimes they will, they sadly turn to abortion because they think no one's there for me. Right. I'm in the lowest of the low and I've got no one. I mean, they are under so much pressure. This biggest lie is the choice. But they yes. have to get through a partner that could be pressuring them into abortion, a parent that could be pressuring them to abortion, or the doctor. Yes, right. You know, I talk That's to women right. all the time. And we, they have all of these stopgaps of this person is telling me what to do. This person is telling me what to do. I mean, it is just so sad. So we have got to come alongside them. And that's why I'm so proud to work with the pregnancy resource centers that we do, because they are there for the long haul. Yes. I mean, they're there for years after the ch- before the child is born and after the child is born. They're doing amazing things. This isn't just diapers and formula, although there is that, and that is important. But it's also helping moms stay in college, helping them get housing. Exactly. I mean, they're that is not something that Planned Parenthood is going to do. You go to Planned Parenthood, ask them what they're going to do if you decide not to get an abortion. Absolutely nothing. That's they're right. going to give That's you a right. pill to get an abortion and then put, give a pat on the back and send you out the door. And, sh- and you shame you. And shame you and for shame, doing yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. That's right. And if you have an emergency and it's after hours, good luck. Yes. You go to the ER. Yes. See, this is this is where we have to say to ourselves, why why are we losing or letting ourselves lose humanity? You know, what were all mm-hmm. the big wars about, right? It's like we were trying to save things. I mean, what are the ambulance drivers doing? You know, the, the EMTs, the firefighters, you know? It's like this is they're still telling the world that people are important. And somehow this has slipped in, and it's just sickening. It's poisonous. Yeah, I agree. And I think now that we are outside of Roe, yes. now that we are in a new era, we have an opportunity now to where we can build a culture of life. And that's why we don't need to grow weary in this task, we need to be activating now because this is this is where the rubber meets the road. Well, and letting these young women know that they're heroes for doing this. Right. Not, not exactly. you know, that if they resist abortion when everyone is making it so easy and making it sound like it's just this little thing you have to do and you'll be better in a day or two, you know, that it's like they, they're not understanding. It goes with them for the rest of their life. Right. And the studies that we, we see show that women say abortion was inconsistent with their preferences. It wasn't what they wanted to do. Right. But when you're in this vulnerable position, you know, and you're either being coerced or you just feel you have nothing else, you're not seeing any other help, then sometimes you you do believe the lie. You go there. You know, I'm so thankful because that could have been me. But I had people along every step of my way that intervened to help me. Wow. Yeah. See, th- this is what's so important about these conversations, because I don't, people need to really hear this, and they need to hear it louder than what the other voice is saying. And that's going right. to take effort, which is what you're doing. And is there something that people can do to help support you more? Yeah, absolutely. First and foremost, I think education. Okay. Educating yourself on this, because the other side has become science deniers on this. I have to tell you. Oh, my you, gosh, is, you're right. It's just crazy. They deny 
any type of development of a child in oh the womb. Gosh. I mean, at week six, there's a heartbeat. And they used to say that up until about like last year. And now they say you can't say heartbeat. They try and change oh the language. Gosh. It's slippery. And then week seven, all of the all of the major organs have formed. You know, the yes. limbs or week 12 to 15, they can feel pain. That's when they doctors provide anesthesia in wanted pregnancies in the womb. So the child is not hurt. Yes. Uh, yes. But they will not acknowledge any of that. So I encourage your listeners to go to Voyage of Life. Uh, Google that. That is um, Charlotte Lozier Institute. They are a research and, and scientific arm. And they really do a great job of painting the picture of the science behind it because the other side has decided they don't want to acknowledge any science about child development when it's an unplanned pregnancy or an unwanted pregnancy. Right, right. And I think that we as Christians, too, need to remind ourselves that that this is an opportunity for us to relieve them of shame, you know, and mm-hmm. to, and it's not, it's not like God didn't know all this was going to happen. He knew this. He's already re- right. ready for it. He's already been working through all kinds of people to help alleviate these types of things. And so we as Christians need to make sure that people don't feel like they have to lie to us if they're needing help. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I, I, I'll give you an example. I am... Um, you know, when I had my um, unplanned pregnancy, uh, my second one, because, you know, <laughs> it just felt like so much shame, you yes, know, just so much yes. shame. And I didn't feel like there was a place for me in the church. In fact, I had kind of just gone wayward and I, and I didn't really, I guess agnostic might be a way to put it. I just right. thought, okay, I don't have a place here. And there was a woman who started a single mom's Bible study just so I could feel like I had a place wow. at the church. Oh my gosh. And she reached out to me and it, it really just made me realize I have every right, too, to be in church yes, alongside everyone else. Yes, yes, Wow. That's amazing. So I, I, I just encourage your listeners, you might think, because the other side wants you to believe that women want to empower themselves with yeah, abortion. Yeah. It couldn't be further from the truth. Exactly. In fact, one person, like you, Cynthia, or any of your listeners, one person can affect the life of not just the mom, but the entire trajectory of her life and her children's lives. That's right. That's right. We, d- we really don't know how far out it goes. And we forget. Right. We think it's going to be over. Like once it's done, then it's over. And it is never over when it's this kind of thing. Just like if you have a baby, it's never over. They're always your baby. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I also want to encourage a lot of people don't realize that there are so many more pregnancy resource centers, thousands across the country, more than way more than Planned Parenthoods. And they're doing amazing work. And I would encourage um, your listeners to go connect because there's one close by, one in every state, and and just make sure to go and check that out and see the amazing work on the ground of how people are supporting moms um, well, this, on every step of the journey. Exactly, and we are o- almost to the end here. And I, you know, I forget to tell people that I'm also adopted, and so <clears throat> oh, yeah. I'm so grateful that I was. And my parents also adopted my two brothers. And, you know, they really wanted kids. And I think we need to remind people that people love kiddos. We love kiddos, <laughs> you know. And it's like we've Absolutely. somehow got, forgotten away from that in some way that, you know, that's just something that you're supposed to do. It's like going buying a car or a handbag or something, you know. And it's like children are everything. And so I think we need to remind ourselves that we are helping a person overcome whatever our our current, you know, whatever the overview of, of, of abortion is for people in the United States. We want to come against that and say, hey, there really is another option. And it isn't just having the baby and keeping it. 
there are so many people that want them. I mean, my parents worked so hard to get us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I told you I have an open adoption with yes, my son and yes. and the ability to be able to choose his parent and to choose a life for him. There's it was, you know, it's well, that's such so a wonderful healing. thing. It's so healing for it you. It, it made it, and, it made what a bad what could feel like a bad thing a really good thing. And that is the majority of adoptions that happen today, even though the other side doesn't want you to realize exactly. that. That is that open adoptions are the way. But I also want to say one last thing for your audience. If there's anyone who's interested in activating their voice and getting out the vote and wanting to help really fight for life, this is the time. I encourage you to go to sbaprolife.org. Thank you. And Emily, thank you so much for what you do and for your courage and your honesty and your passion and your education about all this. I mean, I'm really impressed, and I am, I am truly glad that you and I have met. And so oh. <clears throat> I will be praying for you, and so will my husband, and we will really keep you in our prayers, because this is super important, really. And, yeah. and we, we forget, because if we're not doing it hands-on, we forget that it's happening all over the place. You're so right, Cynthia. And, and you know what? We are called to do bolder and stronger things and I am so thankful that I've been given this charge to do this. And um, I also give that same charge to you and your audience. Let's keep fighting for life. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'd love to have you on again and see how things are going. And Absolutely. so thank you very much. Well, this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And before I forget, Emily, stay on the line, okay? So we are coming to the end of the show. And if any of you want more information, you can go to her website you can also find her all over the place. She's all over social media. And make sure that you also are talking to your friends and family about just having a different perspective on this and really honoring the fact that God loves humans, and that's why he keeps making them. <laughs> so we want to be glad that he does that and be a part of that as well. So have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll talk to you next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. Be